and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of sellotape-flavoured ice cream. But Alex, we've no time to keep talking about how delicious that might be because we've got the most packed show this week. We do have a packed show. Although when I said sellotape-flavoured ice cream, what kind of tape were you imagining? Was it duct tape? Well, I mean, I know I said sellotape, but tape as a as a general. Were you thinking like that brown packaging tape? Because that's got a bit of flavour to it. You know how you always have to bite it to get it open? You, do, you know you that flavour? You do, you It's not scotch tape. No, not scotch tape. I prefer, I prefer, you know, black tape. Oh, electrical tape. Electrical tape. <laughs> nice. Because yeah. it's just a bit thicker. You can really yeah. get your teeth into it. I love a bit of electric. And it's bloody electric as well. It'll give you a shock. Yeah, it's got, it's, it's got a nice <laughs> smooth texture. Yeah, speaking of nice smooth textures, Alex, you're looking very nice today. Look at you. You're Am looking I? very maroon oh, thank and you. very. Thank I don't. Feel, you like, you... I don't feel good. I woke up with a mad headache. Oh really? Oh. Was it all the smack? Are you coming down off of a of a, of a two day yeah, yeah, <laughs> two day bender? Was it bender? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> going, going cold turkey? Are you magic? <laughs> nice, Alex. Well, I know what will keep your interest peaked this week because we have news coming out of the Wazoo. We do. We have Falcon and the Winter Soldier breakdown episode four. We have Loki trailer two, Black Widow trailer two. We have a Space Jam two trailer. A lot of twos this week. A lot of twos, yeah. Spiral news. We've got Rick and Morty season five news. We've got some Friends reunited news. We've got Kenobi castings. We've got Indiana Jones five news. What more do you bloody want? Oh. We've got I can't think of anything more I want. Oh, yeah, and we've got the full episode breakdown of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Absolutely. uh, I'm really excited to talk about this one. Yeah, me too. Shall we we get into it? Because I think the only thing we really need to say now is that we're a music and movies podcast. We are, apparently. And each week we will talk to you about some of the most interesting stories that accompany some of the most, I would say bleakest times in American music history and the repercussions of such and the implications that it has on some of the most creative characters probably of the century if you really think about it I mean specifically I mean hey let's say up top Ma Rainey being a real person but Levy wasn't or Levy was kind of there was a couple of people that are fused together to make the character no as far as as far as I was aware from my kind of googlings was mm. Ma, Ma Rainey was the only real character right from history and the rest of them were kind of amalgamations of various members of the band the bands that she had during yeah. her illustrious career and also fabricated from because these characters their their main purpose apart from maybe Levy is to recount stories of their experiences in mm. black America. Mm. And so I th- mm. feel like most of those characters were built on those stories, if you know what yeah. I mean. So not yeah. actually real people, but the stories were real. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's probably worthwhile. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back around to that, especially at the end. And I think the final sequence goes into a lot of that and I've got some notes but I think it's probably worth addressing the elephant in the room this was Chadwick Boseman's last film it was um he died 
sadly, on the 20th of August 2020, after four-year battle with colon cancer, unbeknownst Which to Which nobody fellow, knew about. No, well, unbeknownst to his fellow cast members, Bozeman was receiving cancer treatment whilst filming this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's quite awkward to watch because... Yeah. The guy looks thin. I was about to say. I mean, I th- uh, yeah. I think watching this movie, you you can see it, um, yeah. which is which is the first very. I mean, it's so sad, and it's so it's it's quite jarring as well. Um, at some points, it kind of it, 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 for the first wee while, it did kind of take me out knowing that. Yeah, it did kind of take me it's out. It's sad. Of it. it really, yeah. it really is sad, and he plays a really tragic character as well. Oh God, does he? Yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 so tragic. Some of the the story points that he says in the specifically the, the sort of the second half of the film, um, and we'll talk about the door and trying to get through the door, and then obviously the stories uh, that he tells of of his of his life growing up, and you can see the senses of frustration, and it and it goes to show. I mean, Levy is, as we say, he he kind of is based on a real car- a real trumpet player, um, or in the in the play or the the bookies of trumpet players plays a cornet in this, but he there's a lot of <sighs> I mean, salient points, specifically with the music that he's writing and how he has he's almost forced to sell it on. There's his tragic backstory and then the kind of the bubbling undertones that we get. And it's and it's a it's a type of story that we're not actually I mean, I can't think of a a story similar to this. It's it's a very it's it's one of these ones where I've never seen it being portrayed anywhere before. But you're just aware of the story beats that are going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Black Bottom is a dance that originated amongst African Americans in the rural South in the first decade of the 20th century. Uh, it was eventually adopted by mainstream American culture and became a national craze in the 1920s. Do you know what the Do you know what the Black Bottom is? Like, no, do you know what, what is the it? actual dance is? I no. found some instructions. Oh, you did. Okay, are you going to give it to us? Yeah, I found some instructions. Go on, Alex. Give us a. What is the Black Bottom? The rhythm of the Black Bottom is based on a Charleston, which is a dance, and. Um, there are some instructions that says hop down front, then doodle back. Okay, so you've yep, right, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, mooch, mooch to your left, then mooch to the right. Is this the cha cha slide, mate? Mate, yeah, no, I was, I, I was genuinely <laughs> thinking that. I was like, oh, this is where the cha cha slide comes from. Then, then hands on your hips and do the mess around. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Then break a leg until you're near the ground. Oh God! Now that's the old black bottom dance. How cool is that? Uh-huh. Oh, so you've it's come literally out of this the, thing. it's literally the um, turn of the twentieth century's cha cha slide. Ah, very good. And you've broken your leg halfway through it, which is great. Absolutely. Well, apparently, grab a hammer. No, no, no. Destroy your knee. Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, breaking a leg in dancing is a kind of hobbling step. Oh, so it's is a bit of a hobble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Very a weird one. It's hard to it's it's hard to really visualize that. I mean, I had that lovely visual of you trying to do my instructions just now on yeah, just now exactly. on camera. But my I, bloody I've leg's got, sore. I know. Well, I mean, you took break a leg a Could bit too a literally. <laughs> you, you did, but yeah. I've no ideas to the historical accuracies of what just happened on my on my screen. There. Well, but you but you love it, mate. The, some of the. The music, and we, we kick off with that, the deep moaning blues is the first song that we hear. And it is where we see Ma Rainey or Viola Davis performing as Ma Rainey. And I think it, a couple of things sh- are pretty striking in that first sequence. I mean, first thing, 
You know, do you know what I was reminded of? Do you know Italian food? Italian food all around the world is served. But when you go to Italy, you really see how simple the ingredients are. Yeah. You know, it's your it's your simple garlics, your tomatoes, your pa- and it's and it's thrown together. And if you've ever had the chance to eat real authentic Italian food there, it's just wonderful. It tastes incredible. Yeah, yeah so good. I was reminded listening to Deep Morning Blues and watching Ma Rainey sing and looking at her band of, I think it's just a four piece. Yeah. I was almost reminded of that. That was the first thing that came to my mind. It's just, it's simple. It's timely. You've got a piano, a trombone, a cornet, um, well, it's and a double bass. authentic, isn't it? It's, it's, it is. It is. And I'm, and I, it's and authentic. I, and, it's, and I feel it's like, wonderful. I feel like we need that reminder a lot, especially for our generation and our background, where we come from, of what's the actual historical roots of the blues. And it is, and it was formed from the genesis of like the end of slavery and, or yeah. well, during slavery as well. Like it's inherently black culture. And what was, what was really, really great about the, the making of interview piece that Netflix has to accompany this movie was, you know, Viola Davis especially was being very, very animated about how she and the writers and the cast and the crew and everyone just felt real ownership yeah. Over, over the musical style and it really yeah. comes across in the movie because i don't know about you but my my first my first experiences with the blues as a musical form well i know exactly who i first listened to with the with the blues and it was gary moore okay yeah you know the gary moore still got the blues album yes yeah, yeah fantastic yeah. album yes but he's 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 an irish guitarist well, I would go one stage further. Do you know who my closest, um, I guess, resemblance with the blues is? Is actually Hugh Laurie's albums, Let Them Talk albums. Oh, yeah. And him, he redoes. So he does versions of Ma Rainey's songs. He does some some old classics. See, that's a really, and, that's a really interesting one because I feel yeah. like that's homage. It is a homage. I it feel like that's homage. I, I feel like Gary Moore is his own beast. And, right. And listening to that isn't really getting the history of where the blues comes from and he, he collaborated that was with my a point lot, yeah, he, yeah. He, he collaborated with a lot of really fine uh, african-american musicians and you know i i still I, I love him as an artist but i i'm i'm just questioning the authenticity of it of it now yeah. after especially after watching this movie well and we and we see that at the end you know we see that the la- the closing shot of the movie is We've got a banjo oh, player playing. We've so got a composer. Play- it is, and it's 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 incredible how the the story leads to that ending, and you're watching it. And to the to the if you hadn't seen the last hour and a half beforehand, you wouldn't understand why that's uncomfortable to yeah. watch. But when you understand within the context of the story, it's it's a dynamic storytelling. Um, visual. It's a really yeah, dynamic. So it's an, so an all-white sort of jazz orchestra, supposedly the Paul Whiteman's orchestra. Yes, yeah, yeah. Is, I was going to say. Is, yeah. is what I've got here. And it is genuinely uncomfortable to see because it's the same recording studio they're recording in that Ma Rainey did, but it's a full-piece jazz orchestra, which means there's like 20, 25 guys in there all in sharp suits and all got their own microphones and stuff like that. So you know, it's just so clear that the black musicians that, you know, had ownership of this music that yeah. sounded better than these guys. And, you know, they were getting, you know, they were getting pressure from left, right and center from the from the white power 
basically yeah. saying this is so this is really expensive to do we can we've we've not got great microphones blah 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 and just like <laughs> yeah just yeah. spinning them all this shite yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah. not it's nonsense and then you yeah. see that just that final shot and it's all encapsulated nothing needs to be said it's just the visual of yeah a room full of 30 white guys playing black black jazz music levy's music levy's 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 music and you just get mad yeah you do choose your own adventure alex right now do we want to talk about viola davis davis or do we want to talk about the musicians the band Ooh, let's go viola davis fantastic i mean i thought she was unrecognizable until she was instantly recognizable yeah, yeah, yeah. and i know that that doesn't mean anything but for do me, you know what i for mean for me it was a look it was a it was a it was a look it yes is, it, and it, it was a in... it was a look and i can't remember when exactly she, when it was i know i know when it was it was when she came out of the taxi first when she was having that when the cars and not ta- well i mean it was a taxi wasn't it when it hit the other yeah, one yeah. and she stepped out and you saw her and it was her eyes and obviously she wears the thick thick eyeliners and has quite heavy eyes yeah but there was a look that she gave and I didn't recognize her in the first sequence when she was singing, but I did then. And it was all down to the eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I've just remembered exactly where I saw Viola Davis. And it was, you know, in the setup of the movie, when you had, you, you've got the band playing in a tent and then you've got the, the band playing in a club. Yes. And there's a moment where Levy goes forward to take a solo Oh, it's wonderful. Right? It's just it just in one scene shows that power struggle, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. And she's livid and she gives him a look and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's Viola." Oh. And I mean, it quite literally is. I mean, look, there's a lot of there's a, it's it's a, it's quite is obviously it's a play. So there's a lot of um hit you over the head. See what we're doing here. See what we're doing here by physically sharing the spotlight. I mean, you're yeah. literally watching them hogging the spotlight from each other. Yeah. Um but, but there was a couple of sequences where I thought the V I mean she's only on screen for about 26 minutes. She's even though she's the title character, she's not in it a lot. Yeah. I think she's best she should be nominated for best act, actress in a in a leading role or is it a, a supporting role? Because I mean I think it's I, can, I think I it's supporting both. because yeah. I believe Chadwick has been nominated for leading. Yes, he, for he's, this movie. he's definitely he's definitely been nominated for for leading. But I can see what th- th- there was a couple of sequences. I mean specifically when she really puts her foot down, she goes, "Who's this we? Who is this we?" You know, we're doing, we're doing, my, we're doing Black Bottom my way. That scene is difficult to watch, and the way she treats Irving throughout the entire movie is—it's it, kind of like there's a stamp mark in that first scene where he goes, "Oh, well, you know, where Levy wants to do his version of Black Bottom," and she, the the way that she says no, she doesn't just say no, the way that she holds the control within that room. She holds everyone to emotional hostage. She has that control. Yeah. And we see it a couple of extra times. One time that I think the control is almost it it's it's un it's to the point of too uncomfortable is is after she receives the Coca-Cola and we obviously the whole thing on the Coca-Cola and where's my yeah, Coke yeah, and she yeah. goes, I, I won't do it and she steps out. amazing. You know what the whole thing why am I in a room where there's no fan and then she gets her fan but there's there's it's done in a noise and it's the noise of her slurping the coke down in the bottle and i think we can see her demand we can see her almost to the point of intimidate all the other characters on screen we can see her doing all these things but 
the the bottom line for me was that very overemphasized sound effect of her slurping that bottle. That was the power move, full stop at the end. Do you know yeah, what I mean? 100%. I, 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 and, and Viola Davis delivered it throughout. I, I mean, this was an incredible role. She was so good as uh, Ma Rainey. Uh, so good. Yeah, no, so, so good. It's really interesting because at the start of the movie, when we don't really know the characters that well, you'd you'd be forgiven for thinking that she was you know a little bit conceited a bit of a drama yeah. queen yes yes yeah. and that actually no the agent and the producers are just trying to do their jobs and they do have a schedule because music industry i'm you know blah 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 all these things and you kind of get putted with that at face value at the yeah. beginning of the movie yes. and you kind of yeah. think oh what's she do- what's she doing this for what 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 are they what are they doing that for why are- oh, all of that but then when you get all the stories behind it and you get all the long monologues because you do get quite a lot of them because it is in essence a play it's a stage play it's a, play, it's a yeah. stage play by august august wilson Yes. Well, I'll get back to that because I've got some interesting points oh, on August great. Wilson. Fantastic. And some, yeah, Fantastic. yeah, so we'll get back to that. So the next one we want to talk about is the band. Yeah. So the interplay between, obviously, Chadwick Boseman, we've got Glenn Turman, Coleman uh, Domingo, I can't actually, it's Domingo, uh, Michael Potts. I mean, the four of them are liquid to watch them all interact yeah they're so dynamic it's, it's... there's the but it, but it's 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 almost more so it's like you you are watching a family you're watching a family here you're not watching friends they've got just such love for each other and you can you can feel it and the way that they they all they just they know the lines where all their other characters have they know the things that push their buttons and they they do it deliberately but they they don't do it like mates i see them as a family yeah and they they because it's really clear to see that they have to be a family they they've only got each other in this world and and being a black musician in this time you know there's there's enemies on every shore and you you've got to protect your rights you've got to protect your creativity as we see quite physically create protect the creativity and that level of nurturing it's been it's it's almost been i mean bless Le- levy he he has his own struggles in this and so yeah. after a while he does kick away you know the the way that he talks to the other musicians i saw it more as a son talking to his parents yeah as absolutely. opposed he's, to uh, he, friends or, or or the kind of run of the litter you know run I mean? of the he's litter the, of course he's the, yeah he's the naughty one yeah exactly exactly um although there was some there was some really great comedy moments in this i mean it was when ma rainey's is it's got god her godson nephew. or her nephew her nephew, nephew yeah was being asked to do the introduction at the start of the track and that i mean that's a wonderful scene obviously yeah. showing the frustration but when when and you obviously like you shouldn't laugh but my god that first sequence where he goes to introduce and they recognize he's got the stutter and yeah. they you show it on all four of their faces and chadwick boseman delivered <laughs> delivers the right all right cutler let's see you fix that yeah let's let me see you sort yeah. that out it's the it's, the, it's the dead pan confusion while oh, it's happening it's it's it, so funny it was like genuinely you needed to get I, steve harvey in there or something like that to... I, right i haven't laughed 
Like I proper, I had to pause it. I was laughing so much <laughs> at Chadwick Boseman's delivery of that. Like yeah. I actually rewatched it. It was so, it was, and I don't know whether it was because I needed a release. There needed to be a tension release because I, I was a little bit like on the fence about stuff because you could already tell or where, and you know, it's an uncomfortable subject matter. And so that release was merited or he's just, you know, in another life, Chadwick Boseman would have been a, a drop dead comedian as well. Because Absolutely. That, well, that, just, that, that, the, the talent so on display, <laughs> the talent <laughs> on, on display is, so. is incredible. But I, I really loved the delivery of, all those lines as you were saying but it's the writing itself that you know really really captivated me mm. there was a rhythmic quality to it oh absolutely so, you know yeah. i mean i was doing a bit of i was doing a little bit of um dipping my toe into august wilson is a writer that i'm not familiar with mm. and you know he was very much described as a theater poet of black mm. america and you could really tell that in the dialogue. I don't know how much of the dialogue was changed from the original play. I know some things were changed. And um, for example, the play was set during winter in Chicago. Okay. So it was, it was supposed to be set as like really bleak and dark right? and all that. And so using those elements to create drama, whereas yeah. here it was obviously the beating heat of the summer and i think it did yeah. exactly the same job in a different way yeah and of I course think, yeah and um, one of the best visual representations of that was um the, the makeup on ma rainey oh yeah she where, was glazed where, you know Vi viola davis said you know there were written descriptions of the real ma rainey where it said her makeup under the lights looked like um streak what was it streaking grease paint oh God. so that's what they did and like yeah. it's very visually striking but the the script maintained that rhythmic poetic play kind of quality mm, mm. where you felt like every sentence had a phrase and it introduced other characters to yeah rebut even though in real life you can't do that because you're just having a conversation well, it's interesting you say the word poetry, and I haven't done a huge amount of research into this, but I would bet. So I'm going to talk about something and then jump back again. So I'll, okay. I'll talk about the, the after after Levy's story. I think it's Cutler who talks about the leftovers. We are the leftovers of society. And you have the piece of music called The Leftovers, which, which is being which is being played in the background. Where, you know, Branford, um, Branford, Branford Marcellus is masterful in the in the kind of the background music that's played and the, the the slow accompaniment to some of the poetry and then the foreground music in which he's obviously composed deliberately for this movie yeah some of the re, the recompositions but the leftovers is is the it's a lament it's like a poem of how he in, in, interprets their place in the world it, it, it's an assumption that that basically is carried throughout the movie in tonality it kind of appropriates the mood of all the characters that that just we are as african americans we are the leftovers we're yeah. we're what's left after i think that is a poem i would be amazed if it wasn't but i think that is a kind of a, a poem that is used in the play oh okay so you think that's like uh quoting yeah i think it is i think that is poet i i mean i would i haven't done my research but i would be amazed if it wasn't if we just dial back 10 minutes before the leftovers do you want to talk about and there's a piece of music called the story of memphis green and the, that that's the music that accompanies levy's story yeah and it's a 
it, it's it in in one sequence gives you all the justification for Levy's frustration, his anger, his understanding of why he thinks he's the he's the run to the litter because he thinks he's the run of society he's not just the run of these guys he's the run of everyone yeah everyone's out to get him and he learned from a very very old age he's he's the victim of both bad nurture and bad nature yeah it's uh it's it's fucking heartbreaking it really I mean, it is. is it really is and heartbreaking. It, it, it's a struggle to watch because like right from the beginning you see somebody that only has very 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 few things in life because everything else has been taken away from him oh god yeah and so the only things that he has at the start of the movie is his talent as a trumpet player which is you know he thinks he's in a position of he can break away from the band start his start his new band really make well it's it. like his fast track to the big his the fast big, track he, he kind of like thinks that. it's a fast track yeah yep and the only other things he has are his new pairs of shoes yeah yeah oh God. and he's so excited about this oh, and at the beginning God. you're like wow calm down mate shoes well mm. shoes well done but then you find out well everything else has been taking away from him music is the only thing that he has that he has ownership over but then mm. obviously at the end of the movie that take symbolically gets taken away from him as well yeah yeah which is obviously when he has his big mental breakdown yeah and then we get the recording the black bottom being recorded mm -hmm. and obviously it takes a couple of takes and eventually we get it right and then it wasn't recorded yeah oh. and i it, as an audience member i'm i was so happy to see them all so happy yeah and i felt my face drop when they realized that it hadn't recorded, I yeah. felt my face. I mean, and we've had first examples of that. I know, yeah. I know potentially a small fraction of how that must feel, yep, but yep, yep. nothing compared to what that actually must have been like. Um, it, cause, and it's just a roller coaster. It's just an utter roller coaster. So much of it, and nothing is demonstrated more than than the when they show the cable, the frayed cable. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, oh, it's so bad. Um, just just on it. So singer Maxem Lewis, she actually provided most of the vocals for Ma Rainey. Yeah. Um, however, when Ma Rainey sings, these dogs of mine, uh, whilst fondling Ducey May, uh, which is Taylor Page, um, it's at, that is actually Viola Davis's voice. So yeah. so there's it's kind of bits and pieces, and I I didn't notice it actually. I thought it was Viola Davis all the way through. Uh, I wasn't convinced. Oh, okay, I you wasn't. Weren't. I wasn't convinced through it, and I can't. I couldn't tell you exactly why, but mm. now that you've said exactly where it was and, and where it was, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can. I am taking myself back to those scenes and going, oh yeah, there is, there is very clearly a difference because obviously when they're doing these shots of her actually performing and stuff, there's a else world kind of quality about it. The camera's yeah. always moving. There's more of a performance about it so you you accept more of a that there's clearly some overdubbing going on there okay some okay, yeah. additional dialogue recording or additional singing singing recording where sure. that's you know put on top where that's mm, put on top mm. as, as like a fine film because it's because it's presented like a music video mm, and so mm. you know that in music videos when they're singing the songs 
on the elaborate sets that they're doing the music videos of, you're not actually hearing that live performance. You're hearing a studio performance that's put on top. Yeah, exactly. Whereas when she's sitting in the chair, you know, playing with her girlfriend mm. and like, you know, singing sweet nothings in her ear, mm. that's like mm. a that's like a in play character moment. Yes, yes. And so you're like, all right, well, that's actually delivered. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, no, I, I didn't. It wasn't quite as obvious to me. I, I was actually quite impressed with the dubbing. I, it didn't take me out of it, but I can understand. I think w- watching again, rewatching, and I will rewatch this. Yeah, like, me too. I one hundred percent will rewatch this because that was a. It was it was short. I thought I thought it was a short story, but I it, well, it was, was short. It, it was what was it? An hour, hour thirty, hour and a half, hour, hour and, and a half. half. Nice and but short. But it was it was just a. It was one of those movies where if you want to feel something, watch this. Yeah, um, absolutely. It was interesting because th- th- this was another thing that really highlighted how much like the play this was. Because I remember when I was doing my undergrad in Cardiff, um, one of my little pocket money jobs was being an usher for right. the theatre that was in the college. Because mm, it had a big, mm. the Royal Welsh College had a big drama department. And so... I would have to. I would sit inside and watch these productions, and very sure. often I would see the same play three times in a week. Mm. But I wouldn't be tired of it. I'd want to go and see it another time because yeah. I enjoyed the performances. I loved the the delivery and all that because this. And I feel like this movie had all of those elements where like, oh, I just really loved the writing and the delivery and the play-like aspect of it and the per- mm. performance of it. Mm. And I'm not sure why why it's different to other movies in that regard. Well, because I, I mean, don't because you don't yeah. always want to you don't always want to go back and watch a movie the day after you've seen it or two days after two days after you've seen it. Like I'm a big I'm a big supporter of rewatching movies, as you know. Mm. Mm. but there's something about leaving a theater and thinking i really want to see that again yes something that you do get when you leave a theater and it's something that i got after i finished watching this movie yeah i think musicals if if maybe if if i go one stage further i would say i mean i haven't seen it i haven't seen a, a huge amount of plays but i have seen a lot of musicals yeah and it was it was that kind of feeling. So yeah, I, to- to- I totally agree. I totally agree. And I'd, I'd oh god, it's it's. I think it's the discussion that comes of this movie and the way the last fifteen minutes specifically, it's the 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 climax of so many different strands come to it. One of the one of the climaxes that didn't quite come at the end, and I want to talk about is the door, the yeah. door in the practice room. Um. I mean, in the I, I guess like up top in the play, he never opens the door. He yeah. never gets through. So it's that I think it means something totally different in the play than it did in the movie. In the play, it's it's just the frustration. It's the physical embodiment of him frustrated. He can't break through. He can't break through. Yeah. But in the movie, it means something more. It's that when he does when he is there he is in the performance room he does have the ear of the people around him who can make him famous make him a star when he gets through the door he's just in this courtyard in a small room and it's like what what you're trying to get to the the next place 
it, it's nothing. It's nothing for yeah. you there. And, it, well, and in some ways, you're you're smaller and you're more trapped. Yeah, no, and absolutely. It meant something totally different, I think. Well, I and I think it was really important to put in the movie because I feel like it's an extension of actually the same idea. Right. Because I feel like at the time that this play was written, there was probably the idea that the black experience is you don't have any opportunities. Yeah. And that you can't get anywhere. Yeah. Really. Like not not yeah, yeah. not really. It's one it's one in a million, which is why you'll never break that door down. Yeah. This movie was made in twenty in, you know, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Twenty twenty. And I feel like the twenty first century, you know, of what this movie is saying, the twenty first century black American experience is that you're presented opportunities that then have nothing on the other side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you can, you, you know, you work your ass off and you can break that door down, but there's nothing for you on the other side. Oh God, man. Yeah. I, I hadn't even, I mean, I thinking, hearing you say that now, it's fucking, it's, it's harrowing. Like, yeah, absolutely. It, it, which is what's, so true. Which is what, so which is what's great about this movie is that like just that little, just that little point that's obviously this huge metaphor that's yeah. specifically applicable to our times just now. Yeah. Is like just really uncomfortable. Yeah. I want to talk about some instrumentation that's used at certain sequences, specifically percussion instrumentation. Um, we get a lot of drums in the latter half accompanying the the aftermath of the recording. Yep. Um, and, and during that, you know, Levy's fired. He's fired and then he tries to open the doors we talked about and the drums are relentless in the background. Percussion kind of more, I would say, modern day jazz blues drums as opposed to probably of the time. We have the kind of the $25 request um, and then the accompaniment of that $25 request when Ma Rainey's dis discussing the money and how people are getting paid. Because she's still very firm that he gets paid. Absolutely. She's still very firm that people... And the music that accompanies a lot of Ma Rainey's sequences is, is a low, almost baritone saxophone. Yeah. And it's and it's like, it's rasping and it's bubbling. But we don't see a saxophone until the end. There isn't actually any saxophones in this movie until the the last shot, that, that recording of, of yeah, the 25 yeah. men or so, how many men. But, but the use of drums for Levy and just the kind of the low, almost controlled saxophone, I think it's a really, really appropriate accompaniment to both of those characters. And specifically the drums over spills and other sequences, it intensifies during the the discussion between Levy and 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 the and the five you know I'll pay you five dollars per piece on the stairs yeah um with with Sturdy Van I, I got a question oh, you can though. just see the the tension in that scene can't you? oh mate where I've, he's I've got... he's saying he's got Levy by the balls and he's well and he's going... does he does he though right so here's my here's my question to you and I think that. I think this question is 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 I've I've actually read this question asked somewhere else, but I, okay. I I had it in my head. Right? Do you think that Sturdy Vant was knowingly trying to rip off Levy and thus undervalue the work of black musicians, which was rife during that time, or 
do you think it was just the series of events that took place upstairs in the recording room that made him make the decision that he didn't want that character anymore? So do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think it was? Do you think it was the, the events that happened throughout the movie? Or do you think he kind of, he always was planning to rip him off? No, I think it was always, I think it was always planning. And I think it's, it, it's systemic in that way, because I think, Ma being being such a powerful character, she's she's crafted that identity for herself, and she demands respect wherever she goes. But there's still a speech in the movie that she delivers really, really well. That once they have her voice on wax record, she's useless to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's useless yeah. to them, and so she demands respect before they get that. She wants to be treated how she wants to be treated and she's gonna get that right yeah. up until the moment they don't they don't need her anymore and right after she gets paid and she holds on to that power with everything she's got yeah in this movie and it's really 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 great unfortunately and this is and this is only somebody that has still has to work that hard at the end of her career this is at the end of her career like yeah of course it, yeah. it's you know she's not in her heyday and unfortunately, Levy does ha- doesn't have anywhere near that kind of clout. No, and I and it's it's pretty obvious he also doesn't have the kind of mental resilience that no, Marini's got, had to build. He's got no patience. No, he's got no patience. So he doesn't have nearly that amount of clout, and he just has his talent to bring, and he's bringing it to the table. And so the producers going, "Yeah, okay, fine, but you know, I'll take them off your hands for five bucks." Yeah, that's you know, and that and that's what was going on. You know, there's an amazing, there, you know, there's amazing wealth of research to go into this time about um about big white production companies, yes, making black music for a growing black population in the north because it was during yeah. the Great Migration, and severely ripping off the the black artists that were make that were making the music because. It's just like printing money, and we and we see it. It's to the detriment of his family. I mean, we talk about his family. You know, he's obviously at the end when you step on my shoes. That's the last thing he has. That's why he oh. breaks. The last thing his his talent and his shot at making it as a big time musician has just, in his eyes, been taken away from him. And the last thing he's got is these new pairs of shoes uh-huh. that he's bought, and unfortunately one of his colleagues steps on his shoes i mean i'll be honest absolutely I mean, snaps i was i was pretty damn close to tears actually watching this yeah what watching watching the the tragedy of this whole this whole piece unfold because you knew it was coming you did yeah you knew it was all coming you knew it was it was gonna happen and it was fucking heartbreaking to watch really it was. really was uh, but i mean chadwick boseman i mean i, I didn't you didn't see an actor. It was, you know, those those roles, those defining roles. That, I mean, dare I say it, these Oscar-winning roles. You don't see the actor; you see the character. Yeah, Th- this is it. I no, mean, this absolutely, this absolutely he's, is. He's there got are so to many moments. There are so many moments in the movie where he justifies that Oscar nomination. Because I know I raised this as a question. It was either last week or a couple of weeks ago, and I really yeah, now yeah. wish that I hadn't. Where no, I, no, it's, it's important. It's a, it's it's good to ask. Well, yeah, where it, I basically yeah. sort of said, is this a Heath Ledger situation where he's posthumously being awarded an Oscar because you know because he died? No, this is a performance and a half. 
Yeah, exactly. This is like a performance he's... and a half. And it was, I think it was first during that speech where he recounts the, um, the rape of his mother and the lynching of his father, which bloody hell saying that in quick succession, yeah. that's tough. Yeah. When he was recounting that experience and his backstory, I was like, all right, there's your Oscar right there. And then by yeah. the end of the movie, I realized that there were three other scenes after three or four other scenes after that, where he equally justifies it. Yeah. And it, and, I, it, I, and it's incredible. And it's interesting what you said about, you know, not seeing the actor, but seeing the character, because I, I began to imagine at some point in in one of the like down moments there aren't many down moments in this movie but in one of the sort of more tranquil moments i tried to imagine t'challa well that's and i it. couldn't do it i so couldn't i couldn't picture him because all i no. could see was levy and i was yeah. like i mean yeah job done that's it there's no more proof than that than uh, that I, ca- I cannot see black panther in what you're putting on in the screen at the moment so and the same can be said for viola davis i mean you know we we talk about black panther she obviously is making um a huge huge amount of headlines for for her role as amanda waller yeah yeah, yeah. in in that in a totally different role but the the diversity that we see here it's just it's it's unique it's absolutely unique the last piece so what you said levy breaks uh, levy's name the, the name of it's when the levee breaks is is a uh, is a blues song in the period by Kansas Joe McCoy oh, okay. uh, and the Memphis Mini released in so it was in 1929 and further popularized by Led Zeppelin in particular the line if you keep on raining the levee's gonna break yeah that's uh, that's the version I know I uh, see cool so uh, the other piece I have is je- Jelly Roll at the end or the song that's being played so it, it's it's not called Jelly Roll I don't know if the song is called that it's actually called um, Sweet Little Baby of Mine uh, and it's recorded it was basically the recording of Levy's song at the end based on as you said the Paul Whiteman orchestra um, Whiteman was labelled the king of jazz despite being Caucasian um, yeah. which hey like I think 30 40 50 years ago you would go yeah he's the king of jazz whatever (laughs) now you're kind of like oh no hang on a minute everything yeah exactly um and then back to your piece on um august uh august wilson so in 2015 obviously denzel washington uh, announced that he would be bringing all 10 of august wilson's century cycle plays to the big or the small screen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was the second film Wilson adapted. Uh, Wilson adapted. So Washington is. I'm getting this mixed up. Washington adapted Wilson's work, producing the cycle. So Fences in 2016, which yeah. was another Oscar-nominated. I haven't seen, but you best no. believe I'm going out to watch it. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, so for the future of the the August Wilson averse uh, in September 2020, Washington told the New York Times that the third film in the series would be The Piano Lesson, and that he hoped to cast his own son, John David Washington, and Sammy J with Barry Jenkins directing. Ooh, so, that's um, a tantalizing prospect. That right? I'm like, yeah, Fuck yeah let's do this. I want to. I want to see. I want to see more of this type of art i want to see more of this type of storytelling like it's it's as as we've said if if i if there's one takeaway from this it's whiteman labeling himself the king of jazz and if we take away from that we go what else what else what else do we do we not understand what else have we have we had uh the 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 victor 
I'm going to use, for lack of a better terms, um, histories being written by the victor. What else? What else probably isn't actually true? Do you know what I mean? What else yeah, exactly. probably isn't actually true? Exactly. And August Wilson, as a writer, as you've said, has probably uniquely captured so many other things and and i'm definitely going to be looking not into just fences but a lot of the kind of plays and understanding definitely what we're going to be seeing down the line and i think you know mad props to denzel washington you know he's one of the biggest uh, stars in the world one of the best actors of his generation but and yet he's taking a full like production role to these things and you know yeah he's, yeah yeah he's quoted as saying the greatest part of what's left of my career is making sure that august is taken care of oh god and it's oh, like man. <laughs> <laughs> did you see trading Brilliant. training day training days back on netflix i watched that the other night yeah fuck me remember what the titans movie. oh have you man. seen, have you seen what? remember the titans i don't think i have Bloody actually no hell. Okay. What a movie! Um, also, Viola Davis. This was her second appearance in uh, in the adaption, so she was obviously in Fences as well, um, which is where she got her Oscar. Yeah. So, I've had, yeah, potentially we could see a it's second exciting. Oscar coming. It's a great. Her. It's a great series of like productions that I'm really excited to see moving forward. But I mean, having said that, this is the first one I've seen because I've not I've not seen Fences yet. Yeah. So, no. um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving in. Well, mate, it's a two thumbs up movie for Definitely, me. Definitely, hundred percent, no I, question. Like g- genuinely, I I just I just love it. I love it when it makes you question stuff. Like as I said, the one thing that it's that line of yeah, Paul Whitman. He for years labelled himself the king of jazz. Yeah. If you un- if if that's the if that and then question mark at the end of this whole thing, I'm like, holy shit! I yeah. want more. I want more of this type of art. I want more of this type of story. I want to see more. Um, inclusions of August Wilson's understanding of no, you know this isn't this isn't actually America. This isn't true to this. Oh man, I, yeah, I loved it's it. fascinating. I loved it. It, it really is. Moving forward? Let's move. Do we want to do Falcon and the Winter Soldier first? Yeah, quick wrap up. You you have seen it, haven't you? I, I watched week. it this week. I watched <laughs> it good. this week. Well done. We didn't um, have to put an edit point in or anything. No, we didn't. We're straight back to Wakanda, mate. We are. We get we, we pick up where we last left off with Ayo and the White Wolf. Yes. What's your thoughts? Well, let's address a thought that I had last week, which was Ayo yeah. being the new black panther yes this could still happen i mean maybe but there's a very very obvious lack of mention of t'challa yes yes there is so i do we so do they know what they're doing with that writing out yet or are they just not revealing it here because that's the other thing i said last week is that i didn't really want them to do a, a homage to Chadwick Boseman's right. Black Panther in this format. I felt like that would be a little bit underwhelming. So, so I I know for a fact there has been a couple of script rewrites. Oh, you know for a fact, year. do you? Yeah. Are you yeah, on so, the Disney so board? I'm on the board of right. Of it. No, so so there, there's a lot of evidence. So there was actually hidden plot holes and storylines that were removed at the last minute. 
oh, for okay. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, the most obvious one was there was actually a plot story, and there's a couple of YouTube videos that show you the evidence for this, but there was actually a plot story around uh, a pandemic. There was supposed to be a pandemic storyline oh, in, in the Falcon. And my bloody nose. Itching my nose all day. In the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Or did they take it out because of COVID? Yeah, they did. Why? And there's a couple of things. It... I don't want to. I, I don't know. I don't have all the information on. It. There's a couple of videos. I'd encourage people to watch it. Google Falcon and the Winter Soldier pandemic plot holes or story. I think there's um, a couple of YouTubers that have done. Thing some is, really I don't good think ones. it's a touchy subject. No, I, I just think people were sick of it, and I think they, they kind of went, "What can we? What can we do? We could rewrite yeah, around it." Yeah, I'm also pretty sure that there were some rewrites around Chadwick Boseman. In fact, I'm, I would almost go as far as seem 100 percent sure um, right. there was some rewrites around because I don't think he's going to be in this but i did think they might have planned for it right okay um so yeah it's i i think they're doing it very well i mean and we you know as we say you said it last week and i've been thinking about it quite a lot i don't think we realize how often studios do interfere with movies but we still do enjoy it. you know how we kind of go on yeah, the exactly yeah. i i do think this is an example of where there's been an overarching steer from a studio but it's funny how we just we because it's MCU, we're like, oh, it's Disney. I'm sure they have, they understand what we want and stuff. Like they kind of earned our trust. It's, no, exactly, weird to they say do. That. They it's do, weird and it's interesting through my, through my research on, uh, you know, the the big tentpole studio interference conversation at the moment is obviously still Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I sent you an article about the yes. scre- the screenwriter oh, Chris Terrio. Did man. you read it? I'd read it all. It's fascinating, isn't it? It is so interesting. I read the whole thing. I thought, and how they, they really went into it on BVS yeah. and how it was kind of like this, the signs were all there during BVS. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no. in fact, that, that's an amazing article. No, no, you should, it, really, you should look it, up. it really, really is. It was but, a screen rant that did it. It was either Screen Rant or Hollywood Reporter. I Hollywood Reporter, okay. I can't Excellent. remember. Or no, Variety. Variety, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it variety. was Variety. But it, it was interesting because I was I was reading into that there were some YouTubers that were sort of theorizing. And the, the, you know, this isn't coming from people that actually made these movies, but they were theorizing different studio decisions that were made because of certain things. Yeah. Right. And we're talking about Justice League, are we? We're talking about super. super <laughs> we're, okay. to, we're talking about superhero movies as a genre, right? Okay. And I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. just there's so many examples, but I'll give one particular one, right? Yeah, go for it. So, Man of Steel, right? Yes, yes. What happens at the end? Mad destruction of a city. Yes. Right. Of Metropolis because of this big fight. I mean, at the end of the day, he saves the world. Fine. Yes. Right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, there was a big conversation at the time because of the tone of the movie and how it was not traditionally how we see Superman that yep. he would never allow a whole city to be effectively decimated like that. Or kill General Zod. Exactly. 100%. Now, the next year, or very, very soon after that, we got Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. Where there is a there's hordes and hordes of scenes of Avengers not fighting Ultron, but saving civilians from yeah. the city at the end, right? Yeah. yeah Do you yeah. know what we don't see in Avengers One, which happened before Man of Steel? Well, people being saved. People, anyone yeah. being saved yeah. in the middle of New York. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of Manhattan, not a single civilian is being saved it's just the hulk smashing fools up yeah yeah and and i I sit there and i go oh right okay so 
somewhere, the only reason there that difference is there is because some Disney market people went, oh, the fans didn't like this in Man of Steel, which has nothing to do with us. Maybe we can, you know, do something that people want to see saving people in yeah, our next yeah, movie. Yeah. And we didn't see that at the time. No. And nobody no. criticizes the first Avengers movie for not no. saving anyone. No, you're right. But then and then in BVS, they make a point of going, it's an abandoned island. No one's on there when, yeah, they're, exactly. when they're fighting. Uh, is it Doomsday? I think they're fighting. It's, it's, I was like, that's, that's just, uh, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I totally see what you mean. Yeah, Mate, what do you think of Zemo? Because we're getting more of Zemo right now. I, I'm going to say up top, I'm not a huge fan of his character in this. The new Zemo. I, yeah, I don't like it. It's a little and I bit think it's smarmy, isn't he? It's smarmy. It's comedic. I still hate his hair. Yeah. Um, we're not getting the same Zemo as Civil War. We're just not. We're not getting the same Zemo as Civil War. But to play devil's avocado to that, as I often uh-huh. do, the Zemo that we got in Civil War was not comic book Zemo. No, you're and, right. You're and, right. Whereas this and is a you bit and more, I, yeah. who are you're not as much of a layman as I am. I'm a huge layman to like the comic book world. Like I, yeah. I just I didn't I didn't know any of these characters. So I first experienced Zemo in, in Civil War. War. Yeah. That was my introduction to the character. They did it so so well. His 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 motivations were there. His justifications were there. He was a captivating villain. Yeah, but then yeah. I did the extra research online, and then I discovered that the that the fanboys were not happy because you didn't have a purple mask and he wasn't a Nazi. I don't, I don't know whatever their reasons were, but now it seems we're getting a piece of content that's more in line with that image. That's and true. I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah, me too as well. I'm not overly. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just like fine. I just think he did, he was just done so well in Civil War. Yeah. Um. However, we did get what we wanted, Alex. We as fans got what we wanted because we wanted more dancing Zemo, and and Disney released the hour long cut. Do you know of how big? Do you know how big my eye rolls were when I saw <laughs> hashtag release the Zemo cut? Yeah, I my eyes could not roll into the back of my head far enough. Do you know, so, uh, yeah, exactly. This episode was all a bit, it, it was a bit of a filler episode, maybe maybe as such. I mean, we did get some Ooh. pivotal sequences. Yeah, I'm not sure about I just that. Think, I just don't think it was paced particularly well. I think we had a lot of just like, oh, we're going from this courtyard to this courtyard. Oh, you're here. Hey, how's it going? I just, and I was thinking to myself, the locals all know, right? There's four or five Americans just cutting about here. Like, they, they know what's going on. They know two of them are Avengers. It's like, oh, you know, one of them's getting autographs signed. It's like, it... It's just a bit like, it's all just kind of happening in this one street, really, yeah. this episode. And it was a bit like, I think it was a necessary point. I think it developed all the characters. Obviously, we saw uh, John really, the at the end sequence, we saw kind of, you know, the the the, the US agent incarnate. Yeah, I think, sort of and, reveal. Uh, yeah, the, the, the reveal. It's an, in- it's an interesting one when you say that, like, you know, it's not really happening on... It's all it's all happening on one street, and it's sort of a bit unbelievable and stuff like that. I I sort of get the impression that the Earth set MCU stuff is not going to be nearly as captivating and as interesting as it once was, mm. because because of the time because of the blip mm-hmm. because of the time jump the between the blimp because of the blimp yeah. between Infinity War and Endgame. All Earth-based things are now set 
indiscriminately in the future, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And in a world where so much has happened that actually they're dealing with things that we can't relate to anymore. Yeah, yeah. They, it's just, it, it almost feels like a parallel world to our own. But if you cast your, back, your mind back to Iron Man 1, and yes. you know all of those early movies even thor as ridiculous yeah. as it sounds you, you you had this impression of these fantastical godlike heroes yeah coming to our earth yeah whereas i, th- I feel like we've lost that like I, I i see falcon flying about flying about a futuristic latvia and madripoor wherever the yeah, yeah, wherever the yeah, shit yeah. that is and all that and i'm going i'm, I'm so just far, singapore I'm so, mate. yeah i'm so just googled it yeah exactly <laughs> i'm so far removed from this i've got like no point of reference i'm just i'm just here for the ride at this point yeah I, I, do you know though but i i still think that this series has a place i mean i would go as far as to say this is probably one of my most favorite mcu contents that's come out of the the studio in a while actually you know i i prefer this to i definitely preferred this to wandavision i definitely preferred this to i'll be disagreeing like i'll be disagreeing with you on that on oh, WandaVision. WandaVision, i definitely i definitely preferred wandavision because i felt like it was a more uh artistic format it's totally fair like it's, a, it's, it's a much, courses for courses no yeah it's no exactly 100 percent. it's a, it's a much more artistic format and it was a really nice a character study into grief for a super superhero mm. in a very very personal way falcon and winter soldier uh, i'm the the depth in it is a lot of the politics of it yes where you know what's the difference between a freedom fighter and a terrorist you know that that mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that question has been raised a lot of times for me it's not yeah. that fresh an idea and beyond that it's more of a continuation of characters in a world that we know it doesn't change the game in the no, same, you're right. in the you're, same you're way you're as WandaVision, right. which is why I've had loads of people ask me, should I watch this show? And my answer is, how big of a Marvel fan are you? Yeah, exactly. And, and they go, yeah, yeah. oh, I mean, I, I dip in. I've heard WandaVision's good. And I was like, right, watch WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, watch it if you want, but it's, it's, ex- it's extra reading. Yeah. It's appendices. But, it's it's but, not essential at all. Well, you're right. And how they do this, another another tactic they have is is the retconning of the super soldier serum. And I put it up, super soldier serum. Um, the the whole piece that they say on it kind of is a bad thing. Really, it yeah. amplifies all of the and they really just double down in one sentence. They say, "Well, Steve Rogers was the exception, right?" Well, that's yeah, not that's not a exception. retcon. They say that in the first Captain America movie. No, no, no. You, you I, I know what you're meaning, but I think. This is the first series where it really doubles down right. on the super soldier. You know, because we see Bucky kind of has a bit of it, but he's not, you know, it's not the serum that makes him evil. It's Hydra that kind of turns him. Yeah. So this is where they really double down. And we see, we see Car, you know, Carly is as the, the cause and effect of this. Um, and I loved some of her quotes. You know, we, we as you say, it is maybe a, a being and done. You know, people people need a hero like them. People can't, they, they want their heroes to have clean hands, but that shield is from a bygone era. It should be destroyed. Yeah. And after this week's episode, I think it bloody might. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think we're going to come out with no shield at the end of this. Do you know what? I was really disappointed at Because obviously the big thing is John Walker just slips himself a bit of super, super serum. Yeah. And 
becomes U.S. agent because he goes through this whole crisis where he, like he's he's fighting the Wakandan honor guard. I can't remember what the name of the oh the the Dora Milaje. That was wonderful, the, wasn't the Dora, it? And then he, they absolutely kick his ass, and he yeah, has yeah. this horrible realization moment at the end where he goes, "They weren't even super soldiers." Yeah, I got yeah, my ass exactly. handed to me. And exactly. I, do you know what? I'm really pissed off that we didn't see a scene of him actually taking the serum. Well, I I think yeah. they made the wrong decision there. I, I've heard a few people say this. He turned up. He this. turned up a scene a scene later after after that realization where he was like, "There they weren't even super soldiers. I can't I can't beat them." And then the next yeah. scene, he has the serum, and we see a little bit of like mental decision making in a conversation with his mate who unfortunately dies and that really turns Lamar, yeah that's really great character development but i would have liked to see i would have liked to see that happen and then him snap mentally before taking the serum and then that serum would then amplify his his grief and those kind of revenge like qualities but you know why they didn't show him taking it, though? It's because in the modern-day adaptions of the comic, it's an enema. It's enema-induced, the serum. So they couldn't put that on the screen. <laughs> it's just Disney. This is a family show yeah, at the end of the it's day. Going, it's, it's like train spotting. He's got to, you know, he slaps his wrist a couple, he slaps his veins a couple of times, puts a belt around his arm. It's that kind of situation. Actually, so they, yeah. They, How can, they can't actually, show no, that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Unless he went to a hospital. Yeah, that's the point. You, you can show injections <laughs> in a hospital, but how do you self-inject? Oh, no, you do it with a, like, a adrenaline syringe thing, you know, the, can, yeah, the capsule yeah, yeah, that makes a cool yeah. kind of noise. Can I talk about a musical motif that I'm loving and i love throughout this sequence so during the scene when bucky blocks john's route before he takes the serum to sam we get a civil war motif we also get it's the airport sequence one you know when you're like oh god they've they've all drawn sides like they've all land at the airport um we also get again and it's played by the horns this time when john finds uh, that one vial that wasn't destroyed yeah and he picks it up but again, this is the callback between Iron Man. You, you know, like we get so many Civil War callbacks through the music, and it's yeah, a lot of, a lot of I, Zemo stuff. But 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 it's specifically the the Civil War, the the the, the kind of this choosing of the sides, so to speak, the kind of like the the dastard the dastardly decisions that need to be made, and the essential like characters turning on each other style music and i can't i can't sing it to you i can't play it but you'll you'll know when you hear yeah, it and no, it's the exactly. sequence when they all land in the airport and they kind of look at each other they eyeball each other across the playing field the other one is the callback with obviously at the end with the, with how the shield is used it's a callback to the fight between iron man and cap when he does a similar thing you know he looks like he's going to take tony stark's head off and he puts his hands up to stop and then he obviously steve rogers being the real captain america doesn't come down with that fatal strike on tony stark yeah. whereas in this we do and we know the devastating effect of the shield because when zemo gets hit with it in the side of the head holy shit that looks so painful oh yeah like and he's like sat with the towel on his on his head but then later in the sequence we see it, and the, the imagery of the blood on the shield oh god yeah it's haunting isn't it you've, you've got to imagine that there was there was a big discussion about how much blood needs to be on that shield. Well, kind right? of, and I actually think that they made the right decision in making it really very, very pronounced because the other thing that I feel like this movie does very, very well is... TV L- series. Oh, it, is, yeah. it does feel like a <laughs> no, movie. <absolutely. laughs> yeah, the, the other thing that this TV series do, I feel does very, very, very well is elevating the mythos of Steve Rogers. 
and the good yeah. guy aspect of it because i think a lot of the time you look back on it and you go he was the super soldier but i feel like the goodness of him was lost at times in comparison to other people so i really really like seeing somebody who's essentially wearing the same suit brandishing the same shield but you see the the contrast in decision making and the contrast in morality and it really helps elevate the heroism of steve rogers which kind of makes you miss him a bit more to be honest it does i got two questions and a comment i'll give you my comment first the visual ending when we had that zoom in or everyone's filming um john killing the guy the the blood obviously but we zoomed in on carly there's a really jarring extra next to Carly. I don't know if you noticed this, who's filming it. And then she starts laughing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> the, the, that extra doesn't realize. Oh, no, I didn't see that. It's, 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 it's like a real, I was like, oh, that took me out of it for a second. So my two questions for you. Yeah. Do we think that's all the super soldier serum done? Because we saw the factory being destroyed in Mandapore and we saw all of the vials being stamped on, which I loved. And I loved how... There was a really hot second where I was like, is Zemo going to take a vial here? And then he stamps oh, on yeah, them all. No. Yeah. Do you think there's more? I mean, there could be. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, we'll I can't think of it. I can't think of any flags that says that, oh, by the way, there's probably more serum. But <laughs> well, of course there yeah. could be. <laughs> well, there is the power broker still. We still I don't know who the power broker is. Yeah, which is. I've, been, I've been thinking about your prediction. And I've actually seen uh, people on the internet predict the same thing, that it's actually, what's her face, Sharon. Yeah, Sharon, Sharon, I've Sharon got another, Carter. I'm going to move away. I'm oh, going to double no. down on another one. I've I've changed my... The, the wind has has changed direction, mate. I think we could see Justin Hammer come back. Brilliant. I would adore that. I think we could see Sam Rockwell's Justin oh, Hammer. Oh, everyone bow down to Sam Rockwell. I He's think so that's good. who. I think that's who the cameo is going to be next week. I think we're going to get a Sam Rockwell oh, cameo. Do you know what? That excites me so much that if it happens, I'm going to hate you. <laughs> because we didn't get <laughs> Sam Rockwell in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. No. Excuse me, Ant-Man versus the Wasp. And we, we totally should. I'm, I love Wally Goggins, but that should have been Justin Hammer. Yeah. Let's all, let's, you know, let's all see how it is. But, uh, but yeah. No, I, it's great. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying the series. I can't wait till next week, mate. Fabulous. What else do we Alex- have? Alex, do you know that there is a second Black Widow trailer and a date announcement? We definitely are going to be seeing this on July 9th, which I'm so excited exactly. for. Is it two years after? Oh, Premier, after Premier Access. No, mate, we're going to the cinemas. We're going to be there. Yeah, but it's also cinemas going to be on, on Premier Access. But we're, we're, going the into, we're, going into, yeah. we're going to the cinema, aren't we? Um, did you see the second trailer for this? I did, yes. Oh, mate, this is this is one of my most favorite Marvel trailers I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I think the, the best, it's, it still doesn't top trailer one of black panther which i still think is the best trailer a marvel movie's ever done yeah but what about trailer one of guardians oh shit on it yes that was it yeah (laughs) that was another that was another really good one um we're pretty clear rachel weiss is taskmaster right she she's the taskmaster right that's that's pretty clear is it no is it i don't know is it i don't know um i didn't so i I, i've only had enough time to do deep dives on certain things this week because we've got so much shit to talk about so i didn't do a deep dive on this trailer but there's not much more to to say other than no there wasn't there wasn't much more excellent and that we can't Um, wait to see it in the cinema 
I know we can't, and I can't wait to see Florence Pugh. I, I think Florence. She's I think we're going to see a lot more. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of her. One thing that I did do a deep dive on this week, Alex. Did you know that we also had a second trailer for Loki, the TV series, which we is did. being streamed on June 11th? Absolutely. So very, very close. I know. I love it. Just give me all the Marvel content straight into I, my veins. But we got a lot of information in this trailer. We did. The I first genuinely trailer, the adored first it. trailer was all about like the intri- intrigue and it didn't answer any questions. But this no. one is like, oh, this is interesting because it very much sets up the story of Loki, we're not going to lie, you fucked it up when you took the Tesseract and yeah. you, you, you made the time go wibbly wobbly. So I now you've got now, now you got to help us fix it, and yes, yeah. Owen Wilson, brilliant casting. Can't He's wait Morbius to see him. E, Morbius E Morbin or something like that is his name. I, I'm already in love with him. He's he's so he looks so good in this. Yeah, and his dialogue. I wasn't. I know we talk about like rolling our eyes at dialogue and stuff and things. He was the mo- it was the most anti eye rolling of like epic speeches ever. Like he's he's brilliant. I can't wait yeah. for him. I I you know we're talking about do we like one division or Falcon Winter? I know already that I think Loki's going to be my favorite of the the TV series. Right. Okay. I mean, it's, 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 put it up on a pes- pedestal before it's even come out. We that's got to be Kang the Conqueror, right? Kang the Conqueror's got to be the villain in this. Well, um, hasn't the, the head behind. Uh, the, the kind of one of the time keepers well i know i know creators. he's uh, a wibbly wobbly timey wimey villain but yeah. hasn't it already been confirmed that kang the conqueror is going to be like the big franchise yeah, in, villain well he's going to be in he's going to be in ant-man 3 the quantum quantum reverse quantum quantumania yeah he's going to be in that but um, isn't he going to be the big franchise villain, yeah, like the next Thanos, like the the next big battle, as it were? I think that makes I think that makes sense. He's he's been cast. I forget the name of the actor who's playing him, but it's um he's also Loki's all, already been confirmed to be in Thor: Love and Thunder, and so has Kang. So brilliant. I'm yeah, still you're, you're, not crystal right. clear about how Loki will end up fitting into the main continuity. Yes, exactly. Unless yeah, of no course, unless of course, Marvel stop caring about the the main continuity and they kind of make it a little bit more fluid. I think it's got to. It's got. There's got to be a bit of give and take, mate. Yeah. There's going to be a little bit of give and take. Um, I again, I laughed out loud at the police sound this to verify everything you've ever said. I thought that was a really, really fun little inclusion and and then, and he's and he's got something like you've got to be kidding me or something, and then another thing prints off, and I'm like, oh, that's excellent. Um, that that's. I mean that cat as well on the floor. That's got to be a Florkin, right? We're going to see another Florkin. There's a yeah. cat in that sequence. He's he's got to be. It might be the Florkin. It might be the Florkin. Alex, one thing that I loved is the little portals that they step through. And again, I did a little bit of a deep dive on this. There's a now there's a sound effect, a dinging sound before they step through at the start of the trailer. Yeah. And we also see an elevator going up and down. Yeah. I've got another prediction that I think how the TVA get around is they use that elevator and the well, the elevators that you see, are portals. The portals, but I yeah. think they're portals to different time streams. Yeah. Because you can press the button like you would go and go to a different floor, but it's a different time stream. Yeah. Um. So there's another hot prediction. I'm pretty. I reckon that's pretty. I reckon that's yeah. Can I'd, pr- say that's, I'd that's, say that's pretty safe. I'd that's say pretty, that's pretty safe. safe there. Yeah. Um, and then we we did see Lady Loki, right? I mean, that's that's who Sofia de Mar- Martino's character is, oh. the one who he's sat with, the one who's in the the hood. So I'm pretty sure that's Lady Loki, uh, who's an alt an alternate timeline version of Loki. 
That's very Who's, that if that's the case, that's very interesting considering we're getting Lady Thor and Natalie Portman in Love and Thunder. Well, that's it. Yeah. So we've got we've got two we've got two lady versions of the brothers. Maybe they're gonna be sis they're not sisters, but maybe no. they will be sisters. <laughs> that's the thing. We don't know. Maybe. Um I can't wait for this, mate. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I think that's all the MCU news this week. Yeah, I think um, so. But we don't it didn't stop there, mate. No. Don't stop there we have because we got news, some we? more well, before that, we've got some other trailers oh. that dropped. We got Space Jam. I'll be 2021. honest. I didn't watch you the didn't Space, you didn't Space Jam trailer. I watched it. Um it looks great. I mean, like it's not gonna be the same as the other one. It kinda looks a little bit ready player one. Can I can I tell you a dirty little secret? Oh, what have you done? I've not seen Space Jam. Alex, get in a bin. Get in a bin, <laughs> Alex, and go and watch it. We we we'll need to do Space Jam together, I think. I just because it's is it? Do I have to see it to get it? Nah, because I'm like, it's Looney. Bill it's, Murray's in it. They drink f- special fluid. It's Looney, they, they, it's it's Looney water, Tunes and Looney basketball. Tunes, and I'm basketball. like, why is that so great? But then but people, you're a great basketballer. You're you you love basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Never, I'm seven. You're never I'm, not. I'm seven foot tall. I'm seven foot and three inches, and that's two different measurements. <laughs> we'll move on from that then. <laughs> because we did get another trailer for another series of movies, which I know you are a huge fan right. of. You're the number one Saw fan. Because we got the trailer for Spiral, the book of Saw. Great. Have you seen the second trailer for this? No. Magic. Again, one job. I... Um, <laughs> So in this trailer, we have the reveal of Sammy J. I think we knew Sammy J was in it. We have Chris Rock. And it's kind of taking inspiration. And it's it's obviously going down the route of what if there was other people who were inspired by uh, John and, and the and the Jigsaw Killer killings. Yeah. I've got, I mean, these movies, the Saw movies are such a guilty pleasure of mine. They're like the Final Destinations. I know they're not good, but I love or, watching or them. Or you know There's only some... one of them is good, but... Yeah. You know, only, exactly, yeah. There was one good one, and then they've all just kind of like, just molded from this. I'm really excited about this. Um, Sammy J's Chris Rock's father. Does that line up? Is Sammy J that much older than Chris Rock? I thought they were kind of like maybe 10 years apart. No. Nah. So Sammy J had him when he was about 10. No, I know. I reckon that, yeah, I reckon that plays. Does it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Then it plays. Nice. Well, that that's pretty cool. I, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Sammy J's in the seventies. Is he really? Yeah. He looks bloody timeless, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, to 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 um to quote a phrase, black don't crack. Black don't <laughs> nice. Um. Well, we did. So I'm. Yeah. I mean, I I'll be watching this movie in the cinemas as well because I I'm a big fan of the the characters, big fan of the actors. I like this averse. I'm not like seeing. I'm not seeing this in the cinema with you. No, we are. No, no you're going to come. Gonna I got you the me. ticket. No, we're, yeah. you're going to mess you with me. Play you're going to no, you're going <laughs> to whisper in my ear, and you're going to pro- and you're going to prod me to um, to force me into a jump scare or something. And I'm not going to enjoy put, it, so I'm not going to go. I'm, I'm going to put a trap on your head and tell you that the, the, the key to the trap is at the bottom of the, bo- the, the box of popcorn. You've got to eat all the. Yeah, I don't want to eat all the popcorn. It's salted and sweet. No, you've got to eat it all. Eat it all. The, the, I thought the you were going to say the, 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 the keys at the bottom and the popcorn box is suspiciously on your lap. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to eat with your hands tied behind your back. Oh, God. God. <laughs> okay. Let's Why move, is there no let's one else move in this on. Cinema? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we watching Saw? We got another trailer, mate. Oh, another geez, trailer. Another we got Rick and Morty season five. Oh, Did great. you see this trailer? Uh, no. Nope. Did you see. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to start pre-screening these for you. Um, I mean, look, to be honest, it's a Rick and Morty it's trailer. It's a Rick and there's Morty a lot of, trailer. There's yeah. a lot of quippy jokes. There's a couple of references. They're Blade at one point, which looks pretty cool, um, which they literally comment. It goes, oh, we were Blade. That's fucking tight. <laughs> That's literally all it is. Um, we, we To the music of Black... Uh, what is it? White Orchid by... by uh, um, black the white stripes God, i'm getting all my blacks and whites mixed Absolutely. up um, it's, it's, yeah it looks good i'm excited for this i think we have the june 20th release for rick and morty season five so that's going to i think that's i think it's going to go straight to channel four um, oh great that's typical because channel four have been streaming the last yeah couple of well, seasons it is, that's of great i can watch it on the all four absolutely and uh, something else that's come from all four we're from friends reunited there's been a little bit of rumorings around this one matt perry he posted a photo on his twitter isn't and it just it them hanging out removed. on the set yeah I don't but know. they're not in character though so i don't know why i care uh, okay well i don't know maybe maybe <sighs> joey's gonna maybe joey's gonna be a how you doing maybe i don't, one point, I don't maybe. know I, I genuinely feel like it's just gonna be the actors reminiscing over stories that we all know because this sitcom has been around forever so we know all the production stories about it and i don't understand why everyone cares genuinely yeah. i like friends I, don't get me wrong i'm a big fan of friends and actually um I, i'm one of those people that actually wouldn't hate an actual character revisiting of the show because honestly why the hell not who does it hurt to have that genuinely yeah um it doesn't it wouldn't even even if it's terrible it wouldn't ruin the other seasons for us and by the way there's some dodgy stuff in those seasons remember when rachel and joey get together what? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No. Oh yeah, that was a uh, that was a long that was a couple of seasons that lasted, did it not? No, nah, there was there was a flirtation interest. once, and then they got together for like three episodes before they went. Yeah, no, this is rubbish, and they have no on screen chemistry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I'm not a huge let, fan of Friends. I'll be honest; I've never really liked no, it. No, but you know, every, but it's such a phenomenon that everyone's whipped themselves up into a frenzy over the cast having a little chat on the set. And I'm like, what do you think they're going to be talking about? Do you think we're going to like, oh, remember that one time where we didn't have any chemistry? Like, <laughs> we yeah, make absolutely. a lot of money now. <laughs> we, we, this this kickstarted all of our careers. <laughs> David Schumer is like, no. And he does something in the corner, and then Lucy Kidrill brings out a guitar. Brilliant. Like, Listen at this. And then they all wave at the camera. Bye now. Brilliant. Bye now. We're rich. We're all rich. Bye now. <laughs> Man. Is it we're going to see Kaufman back again? Is he one of the characters? Is he one of them? Who was the guy who made the coffee? No, I don't know. Mar- Mar- Martha Kaufman was one of the creators. No, who was the who was the bald one who, who um, was making the coffee? Oh, think... He's got to be with a K, did he not? No, it's um, oh, I can't cool. remember his name. The character it, was called him... Gunther, but Gunther. I was thinking the... Kaufman. It's yeah, Gunther. no, the, the character okay. was Gunther, but I can't remember what the actor's name was. Do you think we're going to see the smelly cat return, Alex? Do you think the care. smelly cat's going to walk in at the end, and they're going to go? <laughs> Look, it's a smelly cat, and it's gonna have care. like. Do you know what I do care about? Pies on it. Do you know what okay. I do care about? It's Hollywood casting news. May I'm gonna leave it to you to take this one because there's been some amazing casting announcements, hasn't there? Yes. Let's start with and composer announcements. Oh, I know. It's all Lucas. <laughs> it's all Lucas Films today. Let me tell you. So right up or the top, last five minutes of the podcast. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. First, first up, Kenobi. We have a full cast list for Kenobi. Hello there. Uh, hello there. So, Ewan McGregor, we knew. Hello there. Hayden Christensen. Hello there. Very much hello there. What yeah. are you doing? Because this is very, very interesting. 
Well, we last saw him on the low ground. So we did. We, no, no, he wasn't God very happy. Whoever. No, he wasn't. <laughs> do you think he'll be in the high ground this 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 series? Possibly. Do you think at one point they've got to do a callback to that, right? Yeah, I no. To be fair, to be fair, I have a very very deep hatred of movies actually refer- referencing internet memes. Okay. Don't cool. do it. Don't don't do it. So if if he says hello there, I'm yeah, out. That's fine. If, no, 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 because that's what that's what that's 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 no, a, that's no, no, no. But now, phrase. yeah, no, that's that's how they got away with it in episode three. But after that, it became a meme, and then it's just hello there. Yeah, exactly. The because camera. do you remember this from the internet memes in Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> almost everything that comes out of Palpatine's mouth is a bloody internet meme. Yeah, and, exactly. and it drove me up the bloody wall. Don't do it. You're better than that. Just don't do it. Mm, it's just him as a as a cat in the corner and people screaming at him. And he's like, ah. Yeah. Do you know what the what actually my favorite piece of casting out of the Kenobi slate was? Was it Indra Varma? No, it was Joel Egerton. Oh yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna see Joel Egerton uh, and I forget the, the the actress that played. Um, Joel Egerton's wife. I've got a complete mental blank. People are screaming at me right now. What's the bloody um, Vars Owens? What? Stop! You know, I know you know the answer to this. Don't <laughs> and, look at me and like Baru. this. Baru. Baru. <laughs> I just, I just, just wanted to see you flounder. I was about to say balloon. <laughs> I, I just wanted to see you flounder for a bit. So the words are coming out, but the brain's not quite keeping up. I've got loads of, I've got loads of facts on this as well because the the act, actor that plays Aunt Baru, she was in that um, NXIX cult. Have you seen that series? Oh, right. Like she was one of the. Yeah, Wait, she was, was one of the, the victims. Is that the of one that, that Al, uh, Allison Mack was in? You know the Smallville so. actress. Oh, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, there was a few of them, but it was a uh, yeah, there was a kind of sex cult thing that's no good. I yeah, mean, absolutely no good. Mad documentary though. Mad, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but she's but she, you're right. Um, but yeah, Owen Lars, the uh, Joel Egerton is also back. Yeah, so the, the which Lars's would are imply in. the presence of Luke. I would say, Luke, I can feel his presence. I mean, it's not much of a stretch to assume that Luke would be in this series, but no, interesting to interesting to say the least. And I wonder if they're gonna actually cast a young Luke for this. But also, what's very interesting is obviously Hayden Christensen. Because what if obviously... it is Hayden Christensen? Oh god, it's not be, no, it's not. No, but <laughs> the, the fact that Hayden Christensen is there is very, very interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, they could have anyone in the suit of Darth Vader, and yeah if they really wanted and he was willing to do it, they could get James Earl Jones to voice it again. But the fact that yeah. it's Hayden Christensen means what? Force projection? Something like that? Like the projected it's be flashbacks. Of... Flashbacks, mate. It's gotta be flashbacks. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna flesh out the story. I think they're probably gonna lean quite a lot on Clone Wars stuff here as well. Interesting. I think the live actions are probably gonna But regardless gonna... of what it is, I can't think of any scenarios where you've got that physical Anakin presence, whether or not it's flashback mm. or Force Ghost or whatever, that doesn't really intrigue me. So yeah, I'm all in for that. It was Bonnie Bonnie Pierce, Bonnie Pierce, who was who was Baru. Ah, fantastic! Mars, by the way, just for, I, it was right in front of me, and I didn't even see her. Next to Kamal Nanjiani, yeah, he's everywhere. He's he's is he going to be bloody ripped in this as well, or do you think he's had to put on loads of weight for this role? Well, we don't know what the <laughs> role the is, so we don't know. Well, the one role that Indra Varma is the one who I'm really excited about because there's a character in, oh God, I'm going to look at you. I'm just going to say words at you and you're going to get there. The new game, the EA game, Fallen Order. Yeah. Is that the right one? Yeah. Which I played, yeah. which was good. Question. It, it was good, was it... good question mark. I don't remember you enjoying it. It was all right. I thought it was quite difficult. 
and I, I I'm not a, a shit I don't, at it. I'm, I'm just you're not that great at games. At <laughs> I'm just, I'm just terrible at these sort of games. You no, know, Elham's but playing in, it at the moment. Oh, she cool. Started she started on story, story difficulty, which I believe is the one that you played it at. Um, she's got to be Trilla, right? Oh, interesting. In India in Varna, she's got to be cast as Trilla, That's right? I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. I don't know why you wouldn't put Elizabeth Grillian in, but she could be Trilla, right? Am I saying that right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is. Wait, did you you finished or, Fallen Order though, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. She died at the end. Yeah. Vader, but, Vader mashed but this, her up. But this is before, is it not? No, I don't think so because this is only five years after. Uh, no, hang on. Fallen Order is only a handful of years after Order 66 because Cal is still quite young. Okay. Uh, it's really not that long after Order 66, whereas I think Kenobi is a little bit further down yeah. the line. I yeah, don't maybe then. I don't think okay. Kenobi is immediately after Revenge of the Sith. I could be wrong. Now, there's one announcing of the casting that hasn't been announced of the announcing <laughs> of the casting. Did you like that sentence? Really make good. a sentence out of those words, you, you, mate. You can tell we're reaching the hour and a half mark. Liam Neeson, he's got to be in this, right? I've done a lot of these right questions to you this week, haven't no. I? I'm, he's this, right? I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see Qui Gon. Big hot take if if he is. I'm I'm saying nah. I don't really have any reason other than just disagreeing with you, but I'm saying he's nah. got to be in this, right? He's got to. He's got. He's got to be in this one. Well, though. now you see. Now that I'm thinking about it, because obviously at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda goes on this big thing where he says, "I'll teach you how to commune with Qui Gon." So I suppose yeah. that's probably all that Obi Wan would be doing is communing with Qui Gon. So yeah, well, we were su- we cool. were supposed to we were supposed to get Liam Neeson in, in Revenge of the Sith, but there was a scheduling conflict which meant he couldn't be in it. So right. there was actually supposed to be more of that. But that's not the only Lucas Art casting announcement. Of course, Indiana Jones brings adventure again to our screens the 29th of July. Very specific, 2022, with Philly. Feely? Phoebe Waller-Bridge joins the cast alongside Harrison Ford in the fifth installment of the iconic franchise. Yeah, the third piece of casting, or sort of casting, being the composer John Williams. Hooray! Oh. Fantastic. That man just won't retire. Do we... I mean, it makes me ask the question of there's going to be a last John Williams film at some point. Yes. And... Would you be content that Indiana Jones 5 was his last Very, one? Very. Because... Oh, would you? Okay, yes, cool. because the alternative is it's Rise of Skywalker, and I'm not happy oh, with right. that. Oh, right, yeah, I see. I see, okay, cool. Although, no, no, I no, no, no. I think it... Although his, his music, even in that movie, is still is still astonishingly good. Yes. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. And specifically the, specifically the track. Well, you shared an article with me about why it is a good movie. We could talk about that another time. About why Rise of Skywalker is a good yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that. You shared with me another time. It was a hot take. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. Chris Terraro, who we talked about earlier, he was actually a writer on that one as well. I bet oh, no, I, oh, no I do remember sending you that. No, I yeah, sent you yeah. that because I was like, look at this idiot, not because I was actually finding a different viewpoint. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I see. Right. Okay. I, I read a little bit of it and I didn't, I didn't read it as much as the one on Justice League because that is far more interesting yeah. to me. But um, yeah, what, 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 I mean, John Williams is, there's got to be other ones in the works down the line i mean how old is he now he's in his 90s yeah is he not? no uh, um he's either 90 or just about to turn 90 or some, something like that and he just won't retire Holy and i no. think i think indiana jones will be the last huge movie that he does and i think if he yeah. if he works past that which you know 
He will. I mean, there's nothing saying he's not. Which he will. I think it'll be dramatic, uh, dramatic partnerships with uh, Spielberg, yeah, and other such movies like that. So, you know, but long may it continue. Action. Frankly, we're, we're in for an action-packed score, and dare I say, maybe a romantic score? Because I think I've always found his Indiana Jones scores being almost quite sweeping and romantic and, oh yeah you know i'm always reminded of the sequences where the plane's traveling across the map and we see the red lines and i've always just enjoyed the music that accompanies oh those. yeah it's so good and um, all the all the themes are so personable and just mean so much there's this great there's this great video on youtube of harrison ford talking about the music of indiana jones at a at an award ceremony where John Williams is getting a lifetime achievement award. It's not the Oscars, mm. but it's it's something else Hollywoody. And he and he makes the, the example of Marion's theme in Raiders of yeah. how when you actually meet her in Tibet, you don't hear it. Yes, you're right. You, yeah. You don't hear it. And the first time it's heard and it's heard in like little motifs. But it's throughout. properly heard but in the Cairo, first, though, isn't Yeah, but it? the first time it's actually heard is she's not even on screen it's when it's when indy think thinks she's, that she's yeah. been blown up and he's drinking yeah. by himself with the yeah. with the monkey in cairo and that's when you feel the full orchestra so it's like he's not actually scoring the physical embodiment of a character he's scoring the emotions behind what that character means to the central character right and you just yeah. go oh yes that's yeah the, that's the stuff that <laughs> yeah. that's art yeah, exactly. right there come on it's it's wonderful it is just great and uh yeah the, the other theme from the indiana jones that i'm always reminded of is the crusade theme the the last crusade theme of um i think that's a wonderful that gives me chills every time yeah um you know indiana let it go yeah um, do you know what though oh. it does remind me a little bit of monty python and the holy grail <laughs> yeah, I feel, yeah, yeah. I feel like it is John. He does look a bit like John Cleese, doesn't he? No, that no, no. Knight. But <laughs> no, the, yeah, the, the the old knight does look a bit like John Cleese, doesn't he? <laughs> no, but I meant that music, that kind of like crusading Middle East um, music. You know exactly the sound I'm talking yeah, about because you too, just yeah, sang, yeah. you just sang it to me, and yeah, I swear yeah, yeah. that there's so much of the Holy Grail that has that sound. <laughs> I'm never gonna unsee that. Can you imagine after he, he goes through the trial? Poorly. Can you imagine if he after he goes through the trials of you know Je Jehovah stepping stones and all that, yeah. and he goes Jehovah, in and it's just Jehovah, and it's just John Cleese. Um, Those two films would have been made. Those two films would have been made. No, Life of Brian was much before that, wasn't Life it? Life of Brian was definitely made before that. Yeah. <laughs> God, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> it would be good. I think if it was the other way around, you would see a lot more Indiana Jones references yeah. in some of those secrets. <laughs> right, what do they have to right. do next, mate? They need to go onto the Apple Podcast app, find us on there, give us a cheeky little five star rating if you wouldn't, if you'd be so kind. Recommend us to a friend as well. Yeah, we don't do that. push that one as much because we, you know, we, we we love it when you know we say, oh, you want to learn some more about some music and movie stuff. We're we're there. We're your friends. Give it around. Everyone. No one's doing much. It's not like we're all coming out of lockdown. No, not at all. Next week. Next not Monday. at all. It's not like you're going to be going to a pub garden. Oh, garden. looking forward. But yeah, you can write us reviews on there as well. And if you don't want to write a review, which is totally fair. You could tell us your favorite movie. You could tell us your favorite movie soundtrack. We love to hear all of it. You can also find us on Spotify and lots of other platforms where you like to listen to your podcasts. And if you want to get in touch more directly with the show, we also have an email address. 
That is right. It's motionspod at gmail.com. We're also on the gram. Join our conversation pieces. We'll throw up some of our favourite tracks and why we like them. Absolutely. Thanks once again to KTC Graphic Design for our wonderful artwork. Um, and next week, Alex, again. Off air. We really. <laughs> wait, we're going to have to take this one off air got a couple of plans we've got a couple of things up our sleeves i think what's great to see is the, the moving forwards are getting more more congested than ever Absolutely. i think we're gonna have to try and uh we're, we're gonna, gonna have, have to try and match we're... that with the train oh, yeah <laughs> we might have to kill, we might have to cut, um kill our darlings for that one sometime oh man but my rainy though what a what a bloody go watch my rainy yeah, just, go and watch my rainy excellent well we'll see you again next week thank you very much for listening until then bye now all right guys ta-ta <laughs>